Tanya for the 19th of Sivan, the first story. The Magid of Mezrish was once approached by a wealthy man, and the Magid asked him in the conversation, um, what do you eat every day? And the man sounds, sounds like very proudly informed the Magid that I eat like a poor man. I eat bread and salt, and I'm assuming he said it to, to evoke you know, a, a good response from the Magid, who incidentally was extremely poor and ate very poorly as well. And the Ramagi told him off. The Ramagi told him, you're, you're not to eat um, bread and salt. You're to eat meat and drink mead like all the very wealthy people do. And the wealthy man was surprised, but the wealthy man left. And the, the students of the Magid were very shocked because it sounded very out of character of the Magid himself. And the Magid explained like this. He told, them, he told his students like this. He said, if the man... If this wealthy man eats meat and drinks mead every day for his food, he'll realize that poor people should at least have bread and salt. But if he's eating bread and salt, he'll assume that his poor neighbor could just eat stones and, and make and make do. So therefore, he needs to shift his perspective and have expensive food. The Tanya has been talking about um, Hashem's relationship with the world. And the Tanya yesterday said an incredible pasuk, but explains it. And it says, you should know and you should place it on your heart that Hashem is in the heavens and the earth below and there's none other than Him. And ask the Alter Rebbe, like most people ask, what would we think otherwise? What's the pasuk trying to reinforce? And the Alter Rebbe explained to us, we would think that Hashem is somehow disconnected from the world, that Hashem isn't, you know, Hashem created the world, but Hashem is like the body and soul relationship, not entirely one with the world. And the Pasuk coming to teach us, the Pasuk coming to teach us that Hashem is truly one with the world. And with that in mind, the Pasuk The objective of this second book of Tanya is explain God's unity. And there's different, um, let's call it, understandings of God's unity. There's a higher level understanding, which is represented by the Shema verse, and there's a lower level of, of, of God's unity, which is Baruch Shem, the second verse of the Pasuk. It says, If you switch around the words, now there's different um, systems of, of switching words, you, you know, there's Atbash, for example, where you switch every Aleph with a Toph, or there's Gematria, where things that equal each other in numerical value, you know, have, um, you know, it's that reinforces their already known connection, let's call it. There are many different systems. One of them is exchanging different, um, different letters from different locations of, of the mouth, you know, the teeth and the tongue and the throat, um, you can exchange words. So if you use the word Echad, the Aleph and the Ches and the Vav and the Ayin could switch and the Dalad and the Dalad are the same. It's a large Dalad and a small Dalad. But the point is, it's showing you that there's transposition between. This. You could transpose these two letters. The reason for the the concealment that we see, why why did Hashem conceal the world? To what end? We know that Hashem wanted to have the world the way it is, where you look at the table and the chair and the roof and the floor and you, you see not godliness. So for, to what end? <speaking in Hebrew> 
Why did Hashem have to conceal his energy from this world? God wanted to be a king over us. Now, if God had left the energy of the world the way it was, revealed and powerful, well, we'd all be nullified to God. We wouldn't be separate from God, and separate from God equals able to be a king on over us. The world, the, 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 the name world represents extinguished, diminished, hiddenness. So Hashem had to create a world, a world meaning that Hashem's energy has been um, diminished. And then over that world, that concealment, God can now be a king. Because a person can only be a king over something that's separate and far from him. If a, if a man goes to all his children and tells his children, I always had this desire to be a king. I've decided you'll be my empire and I'll be a king. Anyone that listens will laugh because you can't be a king over your own children. And what if a person takes all the smartest, wisest men and puts them in a room and says, listen, I want to have just ministers. I'll be the king and you guys will be the ministers. That's a nice thought, but it will not work. A king needs to have the plebs. And like we say, Ein Melech Beloy Am or Am that with a multitude of nations and numerous nations, that's the glory of the king. If a king wants to be a king, he needs to have a nation. He needs to have all the regular villagers and all the the lowly people, the people who usually or possibly will never see the king. That's when a person becomes a king. Now he controls an empire because he doesn't just have children or doesn't just have ministers. He has the plebs. He has the villagers. He has the, the, the small people. That's what Hashem needs in order to be a king. Therefore, having the higher worlds with all the angels and having souls and having all the wonderfulness of all the greater worlds is wonderful. But if for God to truly be a king, and that's God's desire to be a king, God needs to have this world. Now we spoke about Shem Havaya, which creates, and Shem Elohim, which enables nature to be the way it is. Now we're talking about God's ability or God's desire to be king and God's ability by extension of this world being concealed. God enabled to be a king is coming from the, from the third name of Hashem, Shem Adnai, Aleph Dalad, then Nun and that talks about kingship. And that's the level of Malchus. We talk about Chesed and, and Gevorah. This is Malchus. This attribute of Malchus, and this name of Hashem, which is Shem Adonai, this name of God, and this attribute of Malchus, is what creates the world to be exactly the way it is now. It's not about mitigating God's energy. It's about creating this concealment within this within the world, enabling the world to be the way it is. And the, the way it is right now enables God to be a king. Yes, It's not entirely nullified to God. The other the higher worlds, or worlds that express godliness, the, if it expresses godliness truly, it's truly, like we explained earlier on in the ta- Tanya, truly nullified. And if it's truly nullified, it has no existence of itself and no identity, and it ceases to be in the way that this world is and feels like its own existence. The 
energy, the 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 attribute of God, Malchus, kingship, that enables this world to be the way it is, and can and enables the world to hide godliness, that's Shem Adnai. If not for Shem Adnai, if not for this name of God, the world would just be entirely nullified to God. It would cease to identify, it would become godliness, and the way that this world exists, you know, saying, I am something, I am an existence, that would not be the case anymore, and of course, that would undo what God wants, which is to be a king. And in order for God to be a king, this world needs to conceal godliness. And we'll continue over the, on this on this point tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us, Tanya. Tanya, this is Elon Mishra Shashana Bayav, Chana Mishra Lama, and it's Elon Chutzchat, Sarah, Tzitzit, Shmuel Daniel, Kamen, Yon, Afur, Shem, Vrabba, Nechama, Shem, Siyah, Steph, Etzer, Amen, Shem, Sarah, Kel, Bachayim, Mishka, Barachat, Dereh, Lev, Tifat, Lebal, Tzvareh, Leh, Wassitzvareh, Nehinda, Elka, Rachel, Basalisa, and Anunas, Lisa, Fuhish, Lema, have a wonderful and very successful day, and thank you so much for joining.